Omega, Jericho versus Kenny. We don't have to wait till January 4th. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan, alongside my co-host, the young boy, Josh Smith. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great with that intro, man. <laughs> you got your fighting spirit up tonight. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we want to thank all you guys for downloading Keeping It Strong Style. The hundreds <laughs> and hundreds. <laughs> Uh, our debut episode was the most downloaded episode on the Social Suplex Podcast Network this year. So we're coming in big, top draws, top <laughs> talent. We're taking over the town. The young boy and Jeremy, the shooter, we're taking over the territory. Let's be clear here, guys. Jeremy Shawn Michaels. I'm Marty Janetti. <laughs> uh, no, man, you're you're more than you're more than Janetti. Uh, no, I can't be more more Janetti. <laughs> People don't realize how great Janetti was. <laughs> yeah, Janetti was a great worker. Oh my god, Janetti's um, better, Sean. But yeah, we want to just thank you guys for uh, downloading. Also, want to give a uh, quick shout out to. Uh, American Jedi 09 on Twitter. The last American Jedi. We saw your tweet, man. You put us over on the Twitterverse. Is that what's called? The Twitterverse. <laughs> Twitter machine. The Twitter machine. And uh, you know, I don't got Twitter, but Jeremy DM'd it to me, and I was like, "Dude, that's freaking awesome!" Because we don't even know who you are. Yeah. So in our group. Yeah. We don't know how you found the show, but we're glad you listened. Yeah. So thank you, uh, American Jedi 09, for listening to the show, and thank you everybody else that's downloaded the show. Um, also, shout out to uh, Minoru Suzuki, <laughs> who tweeted us a uh, spam link to buy Ray-Bans. No, that was that was really him. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, either way, I didn't touch it because I didn't want that man to gotch pile drive me. So, Minoru Suzuki, if he wants to buy Ray-Bans, you know, slide in the DMs and we'll help your business out, okay? I thought he told us we had to. I wouldn't have to <laughs> <laughs> I paid full retail price for those. Oh, boys. man. And uh, also, guys, we have our uh, New Japan Year End Awards. We told you last week that that would be dropping. It is out. You can find it on Reddit, Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, all of our Twitter and Facebook accounts. The survey is out. It's popping. We've got a lot of responses. We may be dropping it on some of your forums, unless you ban us. (laughs) We won't be dropping it there. So, yeah, if you haven't voted yet, I advise you we released a bonus show last Friday. If you're new to... If no, you're, we didn't release it yet. 
well, as of this recording. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to learn how the gimmick works, Josh. <laughs> it's, it's dropping. By the time you're listening to this, oh, I've already dropped. Exactly. So, yeah, we, we'll drop. That's been dropped. So, if you're new to New Japan, uh, highly suggest you listen to the bonus show so you know what you're doing in the voting. Then go vote on the survey. And then uh, January, uh, what was the date for that show? Uh, the 16th. Yeah, January sixteenth, we'll be dropping the uh, the winners of the categories of all yep. the awards. Yeah, I need, you, I need you guys to go out and actually check the survey as well after you've listened to the show. I tried my best to make sure that Jeremy listed all the correct people in the right categories. This man had crazy stuff in different categories. Hey, I was doing a lot of uh, copying and pasting. I was trying to do the, I was trying to do it the easy way, but I went to go vote for match of the year and I was like, "Hey, where's uh where's Okada? Where's Okada and Shibata?" <laughs> yeah, and um there was a couple of things that I caught to afterwards, but majority of the main stuff was there and I mean, the survey's pretty much going the way that we hey, we called it. Four and a half, bro. <laughs> yeah, I did a four and a half star job on the survey. <laughs> I did put out a six star quality like I'm used to doing so I apologize we watched Samoa Joe and uh <laughs> and uh freaking Brock Lesnar no 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 Joe over uh Nakamura this year right. and uh Rich was like I don't know, man. That's like a four and a half star. <laughs> and James is like, what? He's like, since when is four and a half stars bad? Yeah, four and a half doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys for voting in the survey. All who voted, if you haven't Seriously, voted yet, go yeah. out and vote. We were blown by the we response that we've gotten on the survey. So thank you guys so much. I, I won't say the number, but I was like, yeah, I hope we get at least this many over the course of like the, the month. And I think, like, within the first two days, we hit the number, and I was like, are you serious? Yeah, you guys are blowing us away with the downloads and the response to the survey. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Um, So let's kind of dive into the show right now. Um, The big news, uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. Chris Jericho made a surprise appearance at the World Tag League Finals in Fukuoka. Uh, nobody thought Jericho was going to be there, but Chris Jericho shows up after Kenny Omega's match, and uh, they play a video. You know, you, you just think that it's going to be the same thing like last time. They play a video, and that's it. But no, they play the video. Lights go off. Jericho is actually there in Fukuoka behind Kenny Omega and jumps him and colors the town red and gets color on Kenny Omega. The crimson mask. Yes, the crimson mask. Kenny Omega was bleeding like crazy. This match, this rivalry, just went up a whole nother level. Yeah, so I mean, so we didn't watch the, the Tag League Finals live, obviously. I think I told you guys I can't do that. But um, I had Rich over here, and instead of watching Monday Night Raw, because it was the next day, we decided to put on World Tag League. We decided to hurt Raw. We decided to punish Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Rance, shout out to Rance. <laughs> SMC Podcast, what's up? We love you guys, just messing around. But um, yeah, so we I knew the angle was coming because people had spoiled it. I mean, something this big happening, everyone's going to know. But I didn't, I purposely did not watch the angle. So I knew there was an angle coming. I knew it was an attack, but I didn't ex- expect anything that crazy. Jeremy, I cannot tell you how hard 
I marked out for this moment. When those lights came back on and Jericho was just standing there looking like the most evil version of Chris Jericho I've ever seen, I was like, bro, I, I got up, like, I literally, like, marked out like a 12 year old kid, like, um, and then when he attacked him, I was like, this is. This is different. This is next level stuff right here. Yeah, dude. Legendary angle right there. Um, it just reminded me because, again, I'm such a, a freaking like 80s mark. And um, it just reminded me of everything that I've ever seen. And this is before. Other, I've heard other people say this now. And I'm not the only one who feels this way. But when I saw it, I was like, this is Jim Crockett Promotions. This is Mid South Wrestling. This is this is 1982, 1983, freaking world class with the you know the Freebirds and the Von Erichs. This is a real pro wrestling angle, a really simple pro wrestling angle that we don't get anymore, but we used to every week in the territory days all the time. You know, it's it's uh, continental. It's Memphis. That's exactly what this was. Right, and like I mentioned, this took this match up to a whole nother level. There is more interest in this match. They've made it more personal, and then. Um after the match, um, there was a press conference, I believe it was the next day, talking about Wrestle Kingdom 12. Well, let's talk about what happened also. Like, so, uh, you know, the Young Bucks were in a brawl, they left. And so he left Kenny, well, he attacked Kenny with the belt. He left Kenny bleeding. The young boys are trying to pull Jericho. Jericho is just cussing up a storm. He's beating up the young boys and they're dragging him out. And then Don Callis. Uh, decides to go check on his good personal friend. All right, that's right. His family. His family, and uh, he gets. And then Jericho looks back, sees this going on, and and just something snaps in his head. So he gets in the ring, and he has a close personal uh, relationship because they're all from Win- Winnipeg, right? Right. And he's like, Chris. <laughs> he's like, save it, save it for the dome. Save it for the dome. What are you doing? And. Uh, Chris just freaking gives this man one of the best code breakers I've ever seen. People were talking about how good Omega sold the code breaker, but I like the way Don Yeah, Callis Don Callis sold, did a great job selling it. He just died. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then they had to take him out in a stretcher. Uh, he just, um, the blade job that Kenny did, was, it was freaking phenomenal. Like, they don't do, A, they don't do angles like this in Japan, and they don't do blade jobs at all right. in Japan. So I just, like... Well, I mean, what was your reaction, man, when you saw it? Well, like like you, I didn't watch it live, but and it was spoiled that Jericho was there. But I didn't watch any video of what happened until I decided to watch it later that night. And so I were on the group chat with that. Yeah, and I like I literally like just like you, I was marking out. I was not expecting like that to be it so physical, so, so brutal. Vicious. I was I did not expect him to attack Don Callis. So yeah, I was just blown away by this that angle. Yeah, this whole angle was great. I was just honestly, I wasn't expecting Jericho to be there. Like when I woke up and saw that Jericho was there, I was like, dude, he's invested into this match. He's gonna put his best foot forward to make this top level and really make this a co-main event for Wrestle Kingdom 12. And then uh, you were saying, so what happened at the press conference the next day? Because you watched the, I, I didn't see the whole press conference. I saw the angle, but right. Well, I mean, go over what happened. Pretty much the whole press conference was an angle. So at the start of the press conference, they uh, they had, they were announcing a couple of matches for Wrestle Kingdom 12, and they brought uh, Kenny Omega out to interview, and they interviewed Omega. 
when uh, Omega gave his uh, thoughts about Jericho. He had a really good promo. Yeah, his promo was really great. Um, so go ahead. I'm not going to do it any justice here. Go to uh, njpwworld.com. It's up for free. You can see the whole press conference. Well, a couple of things he, he touched on that I thought were just really good was when he was like, you know, it, in my career, all the times when I've done well in matches, it's when it's one-on-one, man versus man, and it's it's like a, a straight, pure competition. And he's like, and Chris, you knew that. You, you studied me. You knew that about me. So instead of, and he was like, he's like, you're smarter than me because I never expected the lights to go out and you'd be up, be behind me attacking me. He's like, because this isn't WWE. That's something you'd see on Monday Night Raw, but not in New Japan. He was like, you caught me slipping. You caught me off guard. He was like, you're outthinking me. He's like, but you'll never catch me like that again. And he was like, and I, he basically told him, he's like, I got something up my sleeve for you, Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting what Omega, how Omega's going to respond. But uh, so, yeah, Omega did his part of the press conference, and then they he left the room, and then Jericho came in, and Jericho was answering questions, and then Omega came back and attacked Jericho. Oh, he just dove on it. Yeah. He just dove on him. Like, I didn't expect it at all when I was watching the video. And then they had the total uh, WWE moment with all the agents doing a pull apart there's uh, Rocky Romero and a couple other guys uh, Ghetto yeah was they were doing a pull apart and of course uh, Jericho gets slipped free in it and flips the table over and hits Omega with the table. Yo, he hit them so hard. And then he was just going to town. I think he was trying to bust Omega open again, but he didn't. But he was tagging right where the cut was. Yeah, Kenny came out with the bandage. Are all wrapped around his head. All wrapped around his entire head. Like, no human in life would ever do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's so 80s. Yeah, it's so 80s. And it just, yeah, just... Both angles from the Tag League Finals and the press conference just continue to make this more a personal feud and more interest in the match. Well, it's it's not even just the angles. It's the promos that these guys are cutting because it's not – in WWE, they have scripted, canned promos, and it's like – it's like actors talking. But in these cases, you've got freaking Jericho saying, like, Kenny, I'm going to end you. This is not a wrestling match. It's not about five stars, seven stars. This is a fight. He's like, I'm coming to, to the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, and, and it's over for the cleaner. He's like, I'm putting you out of wrestling. Yeah, and, and uh, there's a quote from Chris Jericho on this attack on Omega. He said, that was, to me, the greatest moment of my career over the 10 years. Yeah, he, he said that this might be, like, one of the best moments of his entire career and some of the best work that he's ever done. Right. And uh, uh, when Kenny was cutting his promo, he said something along the lines of, like, in the past, I've been so uh, focused on the performance side of things about putting on a great performance and being the MVP and the all-star. He's like, and not so much about realizing that this is a fight and I'm here to put you out. Right. This <laughs> this is not going to be a classic, you know, catch-as-catch-can wrestling match. This is going to be a fight. This is going to be a brawl. This is going to be gritty. So you're going to get your wrestling classic main event with Naito and Okada, but this Jericho and Omega match is going to be a brawl. It's going to be a street fight, pretty much. You know, Jeremy, there's matches that when I list the kind of matches that I like from the 80s, modern fans would look at a lot of these matches that happened in the territory days and think that they sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, they would be, or they'd be like, yeah, I mean, that was pretty intense, but I mean, we got Okada and Omega at the Tokyo Dome. But when you look at the backstories of these types of angles where it's like the horseman breaking Dusty's leg and uh, 
you know, like the attack when Duggan got uh, attacked by DiBiase and his crew in Mid-South and like all these different kinds of like old school storylines that built to the idea of I'm not here to watch a great wrestling match. I'm here to watch this baby face get his comeuppance and kick the crap out of whoever that heel is. This is the first time I can remember in, man, I don't know. I literally cannot remember the last time that I sat back and wanted to see a good guy beat up a bad guy because the bad guy did something wrong to him. I literally can't off the top of my head remember the last time that happened. But in this scenario, I went from being like, ooh, I want to see this dream match to, yo, he killed Kenny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He killed Kenny. (laughs) I want Kenny to beat the crap out of – and I know it's – like, I know it's not real. I know it's, you know, it's sports entertainment. It's wrestling. But I want Kenny to get his revenge. Yes. I want Kenny Kenny to leave Chris Jericho bleeding and freaking – I want him to put – Jericho out of wrestling. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, this whole Jericho mega match, like I keep saying, it's just up uh, another level. And it's interesting that, you know, they positioned Omega. This is a, a strong position as a baby face, as you mentioned. He's the face in this match. Jericho is the heel. Did you see the crowd reaction? Yeah. When when he got out, the people started clapping, doing the clear clap, the duh, 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 duh. Yeah, the Terminator clap. Yeah, dude, they they lost their minds. Like when he was when he was walking out. Me, I looked at Richard. I was like, Jericho just made Kenny. Like Jer- all, out of all the performances that Kenny's put on and all the clinics and everything, he, I think he got more over just from getting beat up and gaining actual babyface sympathy. Go figure. Right. The thing that that Dusty Rhodes always used to talk about: you got to get the babyface sympathy. Dude, I felt sympathetic for Kenny. Yeah, they did some business, and Jericho got Omega more over than he already is, which I didn't think was possible. Because Omega, I mean, he's you know one of the top three guys on the top three in the company right now. They went from like cheering to quieting down to just being dead silent, and not in the respectful way, but like they were like legit worried about Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Right. <laughs> and, and and Jericho played such a good heel that they didn't know what to do. They didn't know to boo. They didn't know to clap. Like, they tried, they, and he wouldn't... He commands the crowd. The crowd doesn't command him. That where he got them to just be dead silent. You would have thought Bruno just lost in Madison Square Garden or something. <laughs> so, yeah, as we mentioned, that happened at the World Tag League Finals, and we're going to go over... Uh, the World Tag League, you know, in, in the last episode, last week's episode, we... we well, I, I also wanted to touch on what's going on, what this means for uh, for the, the main event scene. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, a few weeks ago, there was, there was some issues where Kenny Omega had tweeted and he said, you know, that this is going to be a double main event, basically, that, you know, that, that Naito, Naito beat him in the G1 fair and square, and so... You know, he's going on and he's going to go on last with Okada. But, you know, make no bones about it. The match with him and Jericho is the double main event. And Naito did not take well to those comments. Naito furious. I mean, and yeah. you, can, you can't blame the guy. This guy's already had a Wrestle Kingdom main event taken away from him before. He wants to be the sole main event of the show. No co-main event. You know, he's made comments and said that, you know... You can be the uh, double semi-main event with the Intercontinental title, but there's only one main event in Wrestle Kingdom, and that's the IWGP title match with him and Okada. Right, right. And this was like a, a week or two ago when this was popping off, you know, and 
Naito basically said, "Hey, if you're if you're the double main event, then there might as well be a triple main event." Because he was basically saying your match is on the same level as Tanahashi and Jay White's match. It's not on the level as as Okada, Okada versus Naito, which is the main event. And so Jericho uh, basically responded to that and posted a poster, a promotional poster of him and Kenny. And he said, "Naito, not sure who you are, but <laughs> said Naito, not sure who you are, but make no mistake, on a worldwide basis, there's only one main event." And he even went uh, continued to talk about it. I heard him talking about it on uh, like Wrestling Observer Radio in different places. And he was saying, "Hey, you know, there's a reason that the other day at the Staples Center when they're doing the uh, promotions, they're not." airing Naito and Okada, they're airing Kenny and Jericho. Now, granted this is America, of course, it's the bigger match here, so that's why. Right. But, after, before this happened, they were not calling this match, New Japan that is, was not calling this match the double main event. Right. There was just It was just a featured dream match for the US title, and you know what, I will say Naito was right. Before this angle, the US title match was on the level of the IC match with uh, Switchblade, Jay White, and Tanahashi. But this angle took it to the, to the level of the main event. It's really a co-main event. And if you it's watch... the biggest it, thing happening in wrestling. If right you now. watch the press conference, you can hear the them... I don't know who was hosting the press conference. They were speaking in Japanese, but you heard them... You could hear hear them clearly say... Double co, main yeah, Double main event. They weren't called co-main event. They double. Called double, double main, main event. event. Two main events. They kept saying it. And they said it over... You would have thought they were talking about, uh, you know, subscribing to the WWE Network on Monday Night Raw, yeah, right. saying it over and over again. Um, so, for Naito, for a guy who, what was it, three years ago, four years ago? I believe it was four years ago, yeah. When Okay, so, yeah, so he was supposed to main event Wrestle Kingdom with Okada at the time. And for that's a whole other story, but eventually, basically, they got demoted to the co-main event slot. And the and fans voted for Shinsuke Nakamura versus Tanahashi for the Intercontinental the title. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he's been carrying the baggage from, and the resentment of that all these years. And that's what, that's what's fueled him to be as good as he is now. He went, on, went over to CMLL on its excursion. And um, came back with this whole new character and started Lij, and that's what's pushed him to be at the level he's at. And he's really earned this main event, and he wants to make sure that everybody knows I busted my butt to get here, and that this is my main event. Jericho and Omega is not going to take it away from me. But you know, there's people talking about this. I I even just saw an uh, interview with Tanahashi, and Tanahashi said, "Hey, you know what the the issue here is." He was like, Okada Naito, great main event. They're the two best in the world. But there's no passion for the for the rivalry. It's just about who's the best. But it's not about like the actual rivalry, the passion, like the the uh, you know, why why they're f- fueling each other as rivals, whereas like when Naito wrestled Tanahashi, you felt that rivalry. Right. When Okada wrestled Tanahashi, you felt the passion of that rivalry. And you're kind of just seeing two guys representing their factions. You know, in their positions, and they're just up there. Yeah. Whereas with Jericho and Omega, you can speak Japanese, you can speak American or English, you can speak Swahili. It doesn't really matter what language you speak. When you see the the the, the angles that these guys ran, you realize that oh my god, Jericho literally hates Kenny Omega and right. wants to kill him. Jericho versus Omega, blood feud. Okada versus Naito. Who's the better man? Yeah, that's like a that's like a WrestleMania main event. Whereas this is like a. 1980s throwback. This is Magnum and Tully in in the I Quit match in the steel cage. Like you're like, 
uh, these guys might really kill each other is what I'm seeing. So Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. We haven't heard anything from Naito or Okada publicly regarding this yet. And they cut the press conference off after the ta- Jericho got back on the mic, said his closing comments, and then that was the end of the press conference. So I'm sure as we get closer to the Tokyo Dome show that Okada and Naito will have some comments. I'm sure that, uh, there's going to be some fallout from this. I'm, if anything, this is going to push them in my mind to elevate the level of their rivalry and the level of their match. I mean, we're going to get an amazing match from them, and it'll probably be just as good as any other main event that we've gotten, you know, right up there, match of the year type status. But they they got to push. they got to do more because they're getting pressure from Kenny and Jericho to up their game and up their angles. And, yeah, I mean, they got to do it. Yeah. So, like I was saying earlier, uh, this happened at the World Tag League Finals show. And, you know, in last week's episode, we talked about we were just going to cherry pick the tournament. But actually, both of us watched every single <laughs> tournament match. We toughed it out. I watched every match. Well, I watch, yeah, we watched every Well, the matches they showed us. Yeah, I, not, watched, not I, watched, every, I not, watched every match that they aired. Yeah, same here. But oh, not, you did? Yeah, not every show was a full show, though, but... I thought, I thought you just were watching the tournament. No, I watched everything. <laughs> we both watched everything. Yo, what's we wrong went, with us? We're <laughs> such marks. Bro. We went all in on this so that we could have, you know, give you guys full coverage and uh, in-depth analysis of the World Tag League. And this was a pretty, you know, it was a decent show. It was I. um i killed myself to finish this freaking tournament man i'm like so proud of myself like this wasn't a g1 like i could have easily got not that everything on the g1 is great but i mean with with the variety you get and the matchups that's way easier than watching this freaking tag tournament oh my god there were so many nights where i was like like I was like, I'm not gonna finish it. I'm not gonna finish it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let our listeners down. Well, there was some nights where I'd fall asleep and I'd have to wake. I wake up in the morning and like uh, start it, start yeah. it. Yeah. So. But you didn't you didn't watch all the all the uh, the uh, interviews. I did not. Young boy went a step ahead of me. Six star performance. He watched all the post uh, match interviews that were on uh, New Japan World with the English subtitles. Yeah, they got the English subtitles now, guys. Now I went. I tried to go back and I looked at like Power Struggle because I couldn't remember if they'd ever done that before. And I tried to look at P- Power Struggle, uh, King of Pro Wrestling. I think this was the first time that they started officially uploading the English subtitles for all the uh, all the the comment like all the interviews. And bro, like you might have watched all the matches, but I got all the storylines. Yeah, you did. There were there were some interviews I watched, but I I, did, I just did not have the time to watch all of them. I will check them out. But let's talk about this final show. So it we're op- going to talk about the tournament. Well, yeah, we can talk about the tournament. I mean, as we go through the show, we can talk about uh, the teams as we get there. So the opening match, we had um, Liger, Nakanishi, Nagata, Kojima, and Tenzan going against uh, Makabe, David Finley, Kitamura, Kawato, and Hanare. Um, This was the opening match, two-and-a-half star quality. you know, it's pretty much you have the the veterans against kind of some of the younger talent, some of the young lions. 
I mean, this was an okay opener. Yeah. Uh, it's what you expect from <laughs> from most New Japan shows. You got young lions, you got veterans, you got the the New Japan dads. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's a fun opener. <laughs> yeah. Then there was uh, War Machine, Michael Elgin, and Jeff Cobb going against uh, Takahashi, Hangman Page, Chase Owens, and Leo Tonga. Uh, War Machine, Elgin, and Cobb got the win. That was a good match. Yeah, that was a good match. So let's talk about some of the these. All these teams were in the World Tag League. They didn't make it to the finals, obviously. What are your thoughts about the performance of these teams in the tag turn tag league? Well, uh, we we discussed this on the last show, and we said the A block was nowhere near the level of the B block. And I think we really, <laughs> I think that really like proved to be true because most of the A block shows. Um, none of the shows were really well. Actually, there's like three or four really bad A block shows. There was hardly any. Some of yeah, some of those A block shows were rough. Like night five, I know was really bad. Night nine was really bad. Night eleven was rough too. The, all three of those nights were ranked like towards the bottom of the, uh, you know, of the mat, like night qualities. And then, um, but the B, you noticed that I don't know if you noticed this, but for the majority of the the sh- like uh, tour, the A block. Like venues were smaller. Yes. And the B block venues had the better production value, the better, you know, the larger, bigger, the bigger houses. Yeah. So it was like they were the Raw show and Uh, A block was like SmackDown. Right. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, let's talk about these teams. War Machine. War Machine was uh, maybe the standout team of B block for me. I'm a, there's only one other team that I really ranked up with with them in terms of like overall performance during the tournament. They were incredible, uh, and I've I've been a fan of War Machine for a while. I can't say I've seen like extensive levels of their work, but I'm familiar with them and I've seen them and I like them. But really watching them night after night in this tournament, just they blow me away. Yeah, they're like, so much better than I thought they were. We were singing their praises um, on last week's show and the bonus show. I mean, they've really been the top dogs in the heavyweight tag division, and they proved it here in this tournament. They break modern conventions in that Hanson's the high flyer in their team. Yeah. And, uh, and Roe is the hard-hitting guy. Roe's, Roe's the muscle. Yeah. <laughs> Not, and, and But the thing is, every now and again, Roe will pull a dive out and Hanson will you know Hanson obviously has awesome strikes and he's a bigger muscular guy but it's so crazy to see that dude be the guy when they do their tandem moves who's coming off the top rope and everything dude I'm I want to see a a row singles run after some of the interactions I've saw in his matches oh row yeah I was I thought you were saying Hanson because I was about to say no I want to see row yeah row yes row man Row's freaking awesome dude he has this I don't know what he calls it, but there's this move. He does like almost like a snapmare kind of thing into a knee. The V trigger? Into yeah, into a, into a V trigger. <laughs> into a into a kneel <laughs> knee. Uh, and it is awesome. And like I've like Raymond Rowe really impressed me in this tournament with all his strikes and just his work. I would be down for a Raymond Rowe singles push. Watching and, the tournament, I started believing that they were gonna win the B block. I I was like believing that, but they got upset a couple times and uh yeah, they didn't pull it out, obviously, but yeah. yeah, they were really, really, really good. Yeah. All right, Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb. Um, impressive, but I was uh, slightly disappointed. Um, personally, I thought that they got lazy uh, a little bit during the tournament. Um, I thought that like the gimmick of what they're doing, they got it, and it was great. 
but I kind of expected more from both of them, and they well, kind of, they took a lot of nights off. Well, I think part of the problem is some of this personal issues that's happened between uh, Elgin and Cobb. So let's let's go a little side story here and kind of update everybody on what's been going on with Michael Elgin. So there was, if you follow wrestling, there are some publications talking about this. There's a lot that are kind of avoiding it because it, it's a touchy subject. But there's a controversy with Big Mike, Michael Elgin. He runs uh, – well, he was running a company uh, called Glory Pro. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they have a wrestling school there. It's an indie promotion. And, you know, Michael Elgin's big on the indie scenes. Well – Apparently, this was all breaking on Twitter over the past couple weeks. There was a female fan who has some sort of relationship with Michael Elgin. Um, you know, romantic, non-romantic, we don't know. It, it seems like there could have been. It's kind of – a lot of this is kind of speculation. But um, there, one of the students in Michael Elgin's school, she was basically accusing him of sexual assault. And um, – you know, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter about this that you can, you know, kind of find out. But the issue, part of the issue here is that Michael, El- n- none of this broke for like eight months, right? Essentially. Right. And so she started like releasing stuff on Twitter. And then other wrestlers who had relationships with like Michael Elgin were calling, were like basically slut shaming her and saying that the stories that she were, she was coming out with were not true. Well, Michael Elgin tried to take like a, politically correct stance and stick up for her and say hey we shouldn't tell you know say that someone is lying or uh you know slut shame them or anything like that which is the right thing to do you would say right all right well then this this pro wrestler started releasing private messages where uh you know michael elgin might have said some derogatory things about her you can you can look this stuff up and then um, basically might have alleged that she was lying about the whole thing. Well, she kind of came public and started releasing private messages between her. So she has a personal relationship with Mike Elgin um, and started saying things, basically showing messages where he d- kind of denied that maybe anything happened and that this was – and then like he did eventually fire the, the, the wrestler who was alleged to have you know done this. But it took eight months for anything to happen, and this all started public, like publicly coming out, and it, it's it's a real messy situation. Um, it started like kind of tarnishing his uh, reputation. There's a lot of indie uh, shows that have dropped him and refused to do business with him, and they are actually replacing him with um, Jeff Cobb. And then some of those uh, messages that were released, um, that girl asked, uh, you know, Michael Elgin pretty much how he liked partnering with Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin pretty much buried Jeff Cobb (laughs) in, you know, he was saying, you know, him and Kenny Omega are the top guys in that uh, Jeff Cobb shouldn't be trying to, you know, give ideas for the match and should listen to him. But he didn't, he said that he didn't like that when he tried to give ideas to uh, Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb didn't um, listen to his ideas and that he never knew what Jeff was doing. He said Jeff was always hanging out with War Machine. <laughs> Which I don't know. I guess he has heat with with War Machine or something. I don't know. Uh, he was saying that he dropped two sponsors before the show, and he he didn't like check with Michael first, and Mike didn't like that. And then this girl said, "Oh, so he doesn't like bow down to everything you say, essentially." And then he told the girl, "No, nah, you don't get wrestling. You don't understand." Um, and he said, "You know, all the gaijin come to me and Kenny, 
for advice, he should smarten up and do the same. He's like, because if, he's like, this guy doesn't know. How, he's like, he thought he got over the first night and then got lazy. He's not listening to me. He's like, I've never had a bad match in my life. And this guy doesn't, you know, if he was smart, he would listen to what I'm telling him to do because I've been over since day one over here, which is true. He has. Um, but then the, the, the problematic part is when he said, hey, you know, he's not just going to come back on tour. New Japan's going to come to me and ask if I want to tag with him again and he kind of alleged he didn't come out and say it but he made it sound like if I don't want this guy here he won't be here right so definitely not cool you know it's out on the internet so obviously Jeff Cobb had to have seen that he did because yeah. he responded to her tweet because uh, when she first started talking about Jeff she's like does Jeff Cobb smell nice he looks like he does <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jeff Cobb retweeted uh, and said, I think I smell lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, yeah, cops saw that. And I'm sure that was probably the main problem for why they weren't gelling and they weren't having great matches every night. Well, and it's the tag league. Right. It's the tag league, too. So, I mean, the, you know, people, guys take nights off. It's their first time tagging together. I didn't know that any of this stuff had popped off when I was watching the tag league. Sure. So it wasn't like I was sitting there uh, watching it through, like, you know, like tainted glasses or something. It's just that I thought... The first night I saw them at uh, in the multi-man match, I saw their big spots and I thought, man, these guys are going to be awesome. And they were great. They did well. But I just kind of thought they underperformed a bit. I did think that they got kind of lazy and I was, I was expecting more from both of them and I kind of didn't think that they gave every... I mean, who am I to critique it? Just like, this is just one fan's opinion. I didn't think that, I didn't dig them as much as I thought I was going to. Right. I mean, I really, uh, I kind of dig Jeff Cobb. I let, there are a lot of uh, cool spots he did throughout the tournament, like the multi-turn gut wrench suplex and just right. a lot of his uh, delayed um, suplexes that he does. Uh, he did great. And I mean, we see Jeff Cobb on the indies and we see him in Lucha Underground as Matanza and we know what he can do. Um... I would like to see him get a singles run, personally, in New Japan. I liked Elgin's work better during the tournament. Mm. Uh, and, you know, going back to the story we, we talked about earlier, obviously there's issues with, uh, you know, the stuff going on between him and this this woman. And uh, the fallout was – oh, part of the fallout was that he sold off his company and deleted his Twitter, and he's kind of gone uh, incognito. I don't know if this is going to affect his uh, – Position in New Japan. I don't. Anyway? I don't think it'll affect his position in New New Japan. It's definitely gonna affect him in the states, which we've already seen. Like I mentioned, yeah. indie companies are dropping him from bookings. Nobody wants to do uh, business with him. You know, so. at the end of the day, I don't know these people. Uh, we're just fans, but hopefully justice gets served if that's a thing. And you know that these people, obviously, there's probably fault that's out there and you know if anyone who is at fault they get help you know what I mean right. that's the one that's the only thing that I can really say about all that but in terms of like in ring action I I like the spots that Jeff Cobb does but I don't I don't think he puts together a match the like with the, the drama and the psychology the way that that Michael Elgin does and can yeah um, I hope he does come back I hope Jeff Cobb comes back to New Japan I hope he does because um, he's I think he's a natural fit there um, I thought that their team was cool, and their their tag team is super strong team, by the way, which I think is cool. Oh, that was the name of their team. I didn't. I don't. It's semi official. Okay. Like, they said it during the uh, 
interviews, but I don't know if like anyone like officially. Okay. Who knows if they're even <laughs> tagging? Right. I hope I, they do though. I think they're a great. Yeah, team. Yeah, they can settle their differences. You know, squash this beef. And it's then, business, man. Yeah. How many tag tag partners didn't like each other in the wrestling? I'm sure a lot. <laughs> and like we've mentioned, you know, numerous times on the show, the heavyweight tag division needs as much help as it can possibly get. So having Elgin and Cobb as a full time team would be great if they could just do business. Those are two guys that they can they can exist as a tag team and also exist as uh, single stars. And there's very few teams that can do that. And they I think that they can do that in New Japan and on the Indies. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about uh, the Tokyo Pimp, Takahashi, and Hangman Page. What do you uh, think about those guys? I was well, – they were in the A block. I was very underwhelmed. By, I, don't, I didn't think they had a single match that I thought was very good at all. Yeah, I mean, Adam Page, I mean, he was out there doing, you know, working and doing crazy stuff, doing shooting star press, shoulder blocks off the apron and um, his uh, flipping lariat thing. And uh, it's just a, it was just an odd team. Like I would have, I think I might have put Page of Chase Owens maybe. But they're, they're um, I mean their promos were like okay. I mean they were funny. Yeah. Um, they both are good workers. People get down to Ujiro. Ujiro not a bad worker by any means. But uh, you know they're heels. But they're trying to be cool heels because right. they're in the Bullet Club and they're it's. I don't I don't like that. You know, I'm I'm old school when it comes to that sort of thing. I don't want to see Hangman Page doing shooting star presses and freaking uh springboard flips into burning hammer like lariats like hey uh you know Takahashi is always going to be a face in my book as long as he has Peter with him. Ah, uh, Peter. Uh Tokyo Latina. So, he'll always be a face in my book. <laughs> Uh, then also, well, uh, Chase Owens teamed with Bad Luck Fale, but in this eight-man, there was Leo Tonga. Let's talk about Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale. All right, guys, I'm going to just say this once and for all. I was not that familiar with Chase Owens before this tournament, but he is the unsung hero of the A block. This is one of the best workers in New Japan. Yes, Chase Owens, he's very underrated. Very underrated. Uh, a lot of people, you know... We were we even joked we call him the young boy of the Bullet Club, but I mean Which he is he he is Kinda. but um and he's obviously not the most popular member but this guy can work and he has a lot of gr- uh, great ring psychology. He's so smooth in the ring. Yeah, he he can do pretty much anything. Uh, it's so crazy. It's crazy that I'm putting over Chase Owens right now. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I've heard like I told Rich and Rich is like. Dude, he's just a guy, and he is, yeah. but that's his role. Yeah. The thing is, he looks like a guy, but he does not work like just a guy. Right. He works like a top uh, superstar. Yeah. He reminds me of AJ Styles, the way he works, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he doesn't have the look. And the personality, the, personality, the charisma, the, charisma, the swag, no, yeah. none of that. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here thinking. I'm not saying put the belt on. <laughs> yeah. On Chase Owens. Chase Owens is a creator wrestler that has all the best moves with a generic look. But he's young. Yeah. Still, he he's has still plenty young. of time. I mean, um, I don't know much about if he's done much out of New Japan. He has. Uh, he was <clears> like with the NWA. He was like their, that's right. He was their junior heavyweight champ, right? Yeah, he was like the like the centerpiece of their junior like division that they were running back yeah. in the day. That's how he got into New Japan. Yeah, I think Chase Owens would benefit from going to Ring of Honor. 
uh, spending some time with American Bullet Club and getting over in Ring of Honor. And I think that was... I saw an interview where they were all talking about him and it was kind of... They're kind of, in a way, putting him over but also burying him all at the same time. <laughs> they were all talking about how like how talented he is but how he knows his role, that he's the fall guy. And that he, but they're like he doesn't complain. Like they're like Chase is there to do business. Man. <laughs> he knows he's taking the fall. We're like, hey, uh, none of us want to take the fall. So that's you're, you're doing it tonight. He's Daddy like, was a fall down man. He's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> but um, I thought, oh, and then, he, dude, he we can say he doesn't have charisma, but bro. His promos during the tag league were killing me. Yes, this whole new storyline where he believes that he's, he's, a, Tongan. he's a Tongan, <laughs> that he's uh, you know <laughs> brothers with uh, with uh, Tamatanga and Tangaloa and Balak Fale. Yeah, and then uh, uh, the whole entire tournament, he had this gimmick where he he's building up uh, to, the, to to his people's finishing hold. The Tongan death grip. <laughs> yeah. I think if he wants to get over, he should just go uh, all out. He should be called Chase Tonga. Chase Tonga. And he should dress like uh, the girls of destiny. Like an Uso. Yeah. And try it and get over as a fake Tongan. Well, he tried it. He didn't pull out that Tongan death grip the entire tournament. And then during this match that, that was in question, the multi-man match, which with the Bullet Club. And who did they wrestle again? Uh, they were wrestling um, War Machine, Elgin, and Cobb. That's right. He tried to pull it out during that match. It was like the big unveil of his maybe new finisher, the yeah. tongue, in, or at least new comedy spot. Right. And, uh, yeah, he didn't get it on them. They stopped it before he could uh, – I think he was trying to put it on Row, and Row stopped it. It was yeah. really re- – I bro, I popped for it. I really, really did. And a uh, quick shout-out to Leo Tonga, who was in this eight-man. He's getting better and better. Um, he's the younger brother of um, Tamatonga and Tangaloa. Um, he's still in the dojo, but he's also a member of Bullet Club, and he's been in these. He's eight- the new fall guy. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> replaced Kenny Omega um, when uh, Omega was out on a knee injury, and he's gotten so much better as far as his ring awareness and his positioning and timing. I think you know, in a couple of years, Leo Tonga could be a force to reckon with in New Japan. Yeah, I think he, with his look and stuff, we'll see him in some G1s like pretty soon or a New Japan Cup, something like that. And so uh, after that match, there was a Bad Luck Fale versus Bushi. This was a dud. I did not understand. I, they said that, I guess, Bushi pinned him during a multi-man match uh, back yeah. at King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. But I couldn't understand why this match was even happening on the show. Yeah, and you rarely, at New Japan, you rarely see a heavyweight versus a junior heavyweight. And... It just, yeah, like I said, it's a dud. There was, and it ended with a uh, DQ, Bushi sprayed him with a deadly black mist. As Kevin Kelly said, the black mist is the most deadly mist. He was like, you can smell it from <laughs> over here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bushi hit him with the black mist, low blowed him, got DQ'd, and then hit him with the MX and was out of there. I, I tweeted, uh, I tweeted the guys while that match was going on. I said, better than Raw. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, uh, like, uh, bad luck folly greater than Kane. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, nothing much to talk about there. And then we had um, two of the top Gaijin team, two other Gaijin teams in this World Tag League. We had the Best Friends and Death Juice. Let's talk about the Best Friends. They are the team of Trent Beretta and Chucky T, the Kentucky Gentleman. I thought that the Best Friends in the B Block, night after night, uh, were just a smidge above War Machine in terms of... uh, consistent performance. I thought they were the MVPs of the B-Block. Yeah, and like um, their match with Elgin and Cobb and also their match with War Machine, 
those are both of those matches were very very good. I have several recommendations, but uh, yeah, their their match with Elgin and Cobb. I thought that was the match of the tournament. By yeah, far. four four and a half. I would have rated it like around four and a half. It was, yeah, it was the best match of the tournament. And it, it's not close. There's nothing even that sniffed it. Yeah, not really. No, no. but that uh, was night ten. Yeah, awesome, awesome. They they were in many really good matches. Uh, their match with Killer Elite Squad was really also good. really good. Yeah, and this is a situation where I said they need to sign Chucky e. T, and it kind of looks like they might. They they listed him as a member of Chaos in the graphics, so I'm kind. They've listed other guys with. You know, they've listed, uh, like, uh, the freaking Briscoes with Chaos before they yeah. signed them. So it's hard to tell. It's hard. I'm hoping they do. I mean, the best friends they got over, like we mentioned in the last episode, yeah, the we, best friends gimmick was not over night one. By this final night. Oh, they got it. It was over. They, they popped for the hugs, the handshake, the holding the hands. Bro, I popped for, for everything. <laughs> they're great. Yeah. Oh, their promos, they had the funniest promos of, of anyone during the tournament. They were the um, – if, you, if you're going to go out and check any promos out from this, not that you will, but if you did, you got to see these guys. They are so freaking funny. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a mark for them now after this tournament. Yeah, I mean, I really became a mark for them when we saw them in Lakeland. And I've been watching Ring of Honor TV and just seeing them in this tag league. I'm all down with the best friends. They can do everything, bro. They can be, uh, un- like, underdog baby faces and work from beneath. They can be sniveling heels. Yeah, they, they kind of worked both. Yeah, they were working both. They can do comedy. They can brawl. They can high fly. They can mat wrestle. I mean, they're a really, really versatile team, and yeah. they have—they're awesome. Yeah. I also, I, want, I think I want to check their stuff out in PWG. I hear a lot of good stuff. And then they were taking on <clears throat> the team of Def Juice, which is um, Sammy Callahan and Juice Robinson. Yeah, I thought that this was a matchup of the the MVPs from both blocks. For me. Sammy and Juice were the the best team in A Block. Night Easily, night. hand down, the best team in the A Block. And um, Sammy Callahan, he got over pretty quickly also in this tournament with his uh, kissing. I didn't. I don't dig the kissing. I don't dig it either. But I mean, when you're in Japan, if you're gonna come to the ring and throw a chair into the ring, it's just gonna evoke like visions of yeah. Terry Funk <laughs> and you know being a wild American. You're gonna get over doing that, and it's it's like cheap pops in America, but they love it. And uh, yeah, Sammy was. I thought Sammy was one of the most over guys during the whole tournament, every, night after night. Yeah. And the, him and Juice worked really well together. I don't know of them teaming. Um, before maybe they did something in NXT like in the house show loop. No, but we were we were down on them on the last show. We were down on them because we didn't really get the mat the you know the the pairing of the two. Right. I thought they were great. Yeah. They that were, was early in the tournament when we saw them. We weren't sure what was going on. I hadn't really watched too much of them. I knew you'd right. seen a, you'd seen a little bit, but we really didn't yeah. think that this was going to be great because. Plus, like you, you're not too big on. I mean, are you bigger on Sammy now than you were then? He, I'm. Sammy kind of won me over in this tournament. Uh, like I mentioned before, I wasn't really ever a big fan of Sammy Callahan, especially when he was in NXT. I was kind of like, you know, just just kind of a guy to me. But um, after seeing his work here, and I've seen a, a little bit of his stuff in uh, Ring of, or not Ring of Honor, um, Lucha Underground and Jeremiah Crane. 
Um, his promos, bro. <laughs> his promos are, he was like, I want Suzuki to he punch me. as hard in the face as possible. And then Juice is like, I don't know if he knows who Suzuki I don't is. Think he's met Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're going to wrestle Yuji Nagata, he's like, Yuji Nagata from WCW. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Yuji Nagata. WCW versus NWO Revenge N64 you're my favorite character to play with he's like but I don't care I'm gonna murder you tomorrow and like Juice is like hey I'm not trying to murder you Yuji you're my friend I just wanna pin you to the mat for three get the two points this guy wants to kill you yeah. not me it's funny definitely an odd couple you have you know crazy Juice and then or crazy uh, Callahan and Juice was kinda laid back kinda yeah. chill like not trying to cause trouble like I just want to win my matches. Sammy, uh, at one point, he, he was like, he's like, Yuji, meet us tomorrow, and you better not bring Sonny Ono. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, uh, it was marking, bro. Uh, I thought so, they were I thought they were very, very, very good. They had the best matches in A Block, and yeah. I thought this was a cool... I thought this was of the night of the finals. Uh, I thought this was, to me, and maybe I could be wrong, but I thought it was the best match of the night for the finals. Yeah, and uh, Best Friends got the win here over Def Juice. So which another thing that made me think, hmm, maybe they're leaning towards signing Chucky e. T since they put Best Friends over. It was just cool to see that the two teams that I thought performed the hardest and the best during the tournament who did not make it to the finals kind of get that consolation match just right. to kind of show what they could do. And, I mean, this wasn't a blow-away match. Well, that was probably, like, what, like three and a quarter, three and a half? Three, like yeah. But it was a really good match. Yeah, it was I solid, definitely solid. Uh, next up, we had Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toro Yano, and Yoshihashi. They defeated uh, Suzuki, Desperado, and Killer Elite Squad. So the team that were that was in the tag league was you had um, Goto and Yoshihashi. What do you think about those guys? Uh, yeah, I mean they were one of the better. I mean they were in B Block, right? Were they in B Block or were they A Block? I can look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were in A Block. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were pretty much in the finals of the A Block, right? Right. So, I mean, you know, it's Goto. Goto's one of the best workers out there. Yoshihashi, I hate him for his character and his presence and all that, but he's a great worker. They were a good team, but and they were in good matches, but I, I didn't really dig them during the tournament too much. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like... Give me a super team. Put Goto and Ishii together and put them right. in the tournament, man. They said they had Ishii teaming with Yano, which was another odd couple. They were awesome. You had uh, Stone Pitbull. He was the, you know, the muscle of the team. And then you had Yano doing his comedy spots. They had really good matches. Yeah, the they whole, did have the good, really good matches. And, you know, these guys, they have teamed before. They were tag team champions. Yeah. Um, they were in the tag title match at Wrestle Kingdom 11, where they won the tag titles. Um, so they definitely teamed before, but it still would have been more interesting to, to have Ishii and Goto as the team. Yeah, that like I've never thought of it till we just said it just now. But like, how awesome of a team is Goto and Ishii? Dude, that would be a pretty solid team right there. I don't even think it'd be solid. I'm. I mean, that's mo- that's the modern day Tenkoji right there. Right. I mean, if, <laughs> and if they don't have Tenkozy. any have any plans for Goto and Ishii singles wise, well, they do. Well, they do, but we don't know exactly how that's gonna work out. I no, mean, we know how it's gonna work. <laughs> we already know what's happening. The writing's on the wall. <laughs> um, and so, and then their opponents. We had a uh, Suzuki. He teamed with Izuka in this tournament. Thank and God. thank the Lord, Izuka was 
not in this eight-man tag, and he, I'm hearing that he's hurt, and he's not going to be on the road to Tokyo shows. Okay, our well wishes to you, Azuka. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Minoru Suzuki, shout out. Thanks for uh, thanks for the hookup on the Ray Bands. Uh, they um, you know what's crazy, bro? Is uh, so like I know who Azuka is, but I didn't realize it. Uh, so. <laughs> this is so crazy. So I was looking up Azuka, and I guess his name now is like uh, like Takayuki. Uh, so actually, come back to me. I'll look it up. Okay. But uh, yeah, Azuka and Suzuki, I love Suzuki, but as a team of Azuka, their matches were rough. They were the worst team of the entire tournament, by far, bottom none. They did not have a single three-star match the entire tournament. Nothing that they – and, guys, I get it. When you're a heel, it's not about having great matches. It's about being a heel, and that's the point. But these were just really, they really, were really bad matches. And, you know, I get the gimmick. I understand this gimmick. I saw the Sheik and, uh, and Abby do this back in the late 70s and the early 80s, and they did it so much better than Suzuki and Azuka are doing right. it. I literally like did not want to watch a single match that they put dude on. every time Suzuki and Azuka came on the screen I just I just wanted to throw my TV out the window. I'm not the biggest uh Zack Saber Jr. mark. Uh but I would have traded I would have done anything in the world to get him oh, to trade for Azuka. Yeah. I would have had a Saber in there in a heartbeat. Heck, I would have rather had Tai Chi in there. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, they were guys. There was not a single match that they were in that was even worth checking out. If right. you're gonna uh, cherry pick, like just if you see a match with Suzuki and Azuka, just avoid it. Um, how about Killer Elite Squad? Yeah, so Killer Elite Squad, they had some uh, decent matches with uh, War Machine and Gorillas of Destiny and Best Friends. Um, I liked I liked the. Uh, the grappling spots that Cobb and uh, Davey Boy did in their match. Oh, yeah. They did have some good spots. Yeah, they were doing some, like, chain wrestling. It kind of reminded me of, like, World of Sport, like, some UWF yeah. stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, I thought Davey Boy has improved immensely from his WWE days. Oh, yeah. I mean, you watch him from WWE back in the day to now. It's a completely different performer. He's on a totally different level. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in WWE once he's done with his run in Japan. Um, and then him and Lance Archer are a great tag team, but if Lance Archer ever spit on me the way that he spit on those New Japan fans, I think we'd have real heat. Dude, we'd shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd shoot. If I was in the crowd and Lance Archer spit on me, I think I would. I've had, I've had, I don't know why. I've had girlfriends who thought like it'd be a cute thing to like put water in their mouth and like spit on me. And that, that's <laughs> yeah, that sounds weird, but like it's like something you see in like a like romantic comedy, like someone trying to be funny. Yeah. Nah, dude, you do yeah, that to man. me. Like we're we're fighting, bro. And yeah, we're, sh- we're out, shooting. He comes out every night and spits all over those people. I don't know, bro. There, I I wouldn't even. Oh, yeah. So there was something I want to say about Azuka. So this is what's crazy. So I know who Takashi Azuka is, right? He's this old crazy guy, comes out on the leash and all that. Right. And then there's this other wrestler that I was familiar with named Takayuki Azuka from the 90s, who's like one of the best like technical wrestlers I've ever seen. Same guy? They're the same guy. Oh, my God. I did not know this. I did not know... I, and I've been seeing promos where they're talking about how he used to be a submission like specialist and stuff. I didn't under I didn't realize. So like if you go back on the WWE Network and you look up, I think it's a uh, Super Brawl 
one or Super Brawl two, there's a match with him and uh, Fujinami yeah. against the Steiner brothers. And it's the Steiner brothers just abuse them really bad. He's basically like on excursion as a young boy. At the time. <laughs> and uh, but there's a match with him and Owen Hart in uh, Tri-State Wrestling in 1991 or 92, like before it became ECW. And it's like the best match that promotion ever had. It's near like four and three quarters. It's like a match of the year candidate. I did not know it was the same guy. Well, I seen this guy fighting Pancrase. Well, you couldn't tell because he doesn't work like he did back then. I know. I did not know because he changed his name too. I didn't. I should have realized like, oh, it's Azuka. I didn't know it was the same guy. It's, right. It blew my mind this week when I realized who that they're the same guy. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and uh, after this eight man match, we had an angle to set up. Uh, Goto versus Suzuki for the Never title. Well, they've been setting it up all all uh, tournament. Tournament, but this was the official, like, yeah. Goto laid the challenge out. Goto is, wants to put his hair on the line to get a match, a Never Openweight title match with Suzuki at uh, the Dome. What really amazed me about this was when Kevin Kelly understood Japanese. And he was like, did he just put his hair on the line? <laughs> and I was like, Kevin Kelly, do you understand uh, Japanese? Kevin Kelly's cultured out here. <laughs> and he's like, I just got official word. He did say that he put his hair on the line. I'm like, Kevin Kelly, come on, man. Like, killing the business, bro. You're giving it away. So, yeah. So, so hey. I, what's going to happen? Are we, are we going to see a bald Goto? Or... I'm, okay, let's just say this. I'm pissed right now. Um, we're going to talk about... Wrestle Kingdom, you know, in future episodes, but why can't Ishii get a title shot? Why do we have to see Goto wrestle Suzuki again? I already saw the main event in Dominion. They wrestled a bunch of times this year. I wasn't impressed with any of the matches they had. They were okay. Why? Why because, can't Ishii because, get the title shot? Because Goto is their their guy that they they keep trying and trying and trying to get it get him over. Why does Goto love Goto? I I don't know. And don't get me wrong, he's a great worker, but he's just not at the level that they want to push him at. It's not even that. It's just I like Ishii, so he should get a title. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ishii is more over. So yeah, yeah, that. But we're getting that match. It probably will be good. And uh, next up on this final show, we had uh, the Bullet Club team of Cody and Marty Skrull. They defeated Kota Ibushi and Kushida. Um, so Cody will be facing Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, and Marty Skrull will be defending the junior title against Kushida, Will Ospreay, and Takahashi in a four-way at the Dome. Um, this was a, a pretty good match. It was uh, okay. Three, I would say like three. Maybe, and I don't even know if it was that. Like, I thought the angle was great. Like, the ending and the angle and the action was just okay. Yeah. Oh, I, dude, the crossroads on the stage that Cody gave to Ibushi, that was sick looking. Yeah, so the, the match ended basically with Cody Cody and Ibushi brawling up to the top of the stage while uh, Marty Skrull and Kushida, who were the legal men, were in the ring. And Cody caught Ibushi somehow, and he gave him this... One of the nastiest crossroads that I think I've ever seen. And the way Ibushi took it and sold it, uh, it built heat for the pay-per-view, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how about Cody, like, is not over in Japan at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't been there quite enough to 
get over. He's only been there a few times. Bro, Cody's every WCW guy in the mid-90s I've ever seen go to Japan and not be over. Like, this is Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. This is this is stunning Steve Austin in 1995. Like, he's that's the kind of, like, it's Dustin Rhodes in the Tokyo Dome. Like, <laughs> um... I don't. I mean, Cody's great in America, but they those Japanese fans could care. They don't care. Yeah, Marty Scurll's over though. Yeah, because he's got an amazing entrance <laughs> and amazing gimmick, and he's got the chicken wing. <laughs> um, and then I just uh, talking about '80s gimmicks. He threw the freaking powder in uh, Kushida's eyes and rolled him up for yeah. the win, which I love. <laughs> I don't care. Anyone can say that's a you know a crap finish, but I love it. Yeah, that I don't was, care. And that was just adding a little fuel to their match, uh, the four-way uh, junior match. Then after that match, we had another Bullet Club team, the Elite, the the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They defeated Rapungi 3K and Rocky Romero. This was an all right match. I mean, this was pretty much all about Kenny Omega and the Bucks. It under-delivered. I, I was expecting more, but, you know, yeah. it's a, it's almost like a Road 2 show, essentially. Right, and... um. Young Bucks are taking on uh, Rapungi 3K at the Dome. But the thing is, I think the reason why this match wasn't as good as it should have been because they wanted to focus on the angle afterwards. Sure, sure. So, and I don't know if you guys heard, but there's this thing where Jericho attacked Kenny after the match. <laughs> you might want to... You might want to... Check that out. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, we covered that at the beginning of the show, that angle that happened after this match. Uh, so then the main event of the night, you had the number one contender, Naito, uh, teaming up with Takahashi. They went against uh, Okada and Will Ospreay and got the win. So uh, Naito, as I mentioned, he's facing Okada for the IWGP heavyweight title. And uh, Takahashi and Will Ospreay, they are uh, part of the Fatal 4-Way Junior title match. And they've also been kind of in a rivalry this uh, last few months. They're, I mean, I could be a mark here, but they've been in such a rivalry during the uh, tag tournament that it almost leads me to believe that Taka, either Takahashi or Ospreay will win the belt. And then just the two of them will go on to continue to feud at over it that might not be the case but that's what it seemed like based on the uh the promos uh takahashi one thing that's amazing guys about the english uh translation for these promos takahashi is one of the best talkers in new japan right now (laughs) he's just like there's actually this uh this anime that i like called hajime no ipo it's a boxing anime i'm 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 super nerd (laughs) and uh there's this character i forget his name but uh he, he's like an American, like kind of like sociopathic, like sadist character, and he's just crazy. And he reminds me of Takahashi. Like, Takahashi comes off as like a Brian Pillman, like Japanese loose yeah, cannon. Yeah, he's a loose character. cannon, the ticking time bomb. You never know when he's going to explode. Um, he kept calling Will Ospreay a cat during the entire tournament Will o- because he because Will Ospreay is fast like a cat. Yeah, and that sounds stupid. Like, but I guess. But there are times too. Osprey is dressed up. He's had like cat whiskers on his gear and stuff. Yes, like Will Ospreay was like getting pissed. He's like, "Don't call me a cat." <laughs> and then like uh, uh, Takahashi will be in the middle of his promo. He'll be like meowing. He'll be like, meow meow meow. Do you guys understand cat? Meow 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 meow. Like. <laughs> He's just losing his freaking mind. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, as weird as that coverage sounds, it's actually more compelling if you actually see the yeah. promos. But um, every night that they were on tour that I saw, they were freaking tearing it up, the two of them. Like, their exchanges were Real, yeah, awesome. Great. 
And uh, I misspoke. That was not the main event this night. That no. was the semi-main. The main event, obviously, was the World Tag League final match. Wait, wait, wait. we got to cover Okada Naito. Oh, yeah. My, I, I'm, I'm pulling a Jericho and Omega. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, forgetting about them. So, during this tournament, uh, or d- during the to- Do I keep saying tournament? Yeah, tournament. During the tour, um, there was... Every night, they ran multi-man matches with Naito and uh, Okada. And, you know, the promos, yada, yada, yada. Well, uh, I believe it was the first night when they were... The second night, night 10, when they were at the... uh, Corrigan Hall. Corrigan Hall. They, um, towards the end of the match, Naito went for Destino. And and Okada caught him and stopped him and then put him into, like, a million-dollar dreams, a.k.a. the Cobra Cobra Clutch. Clutch. And passed that man out entirely. He body scissored him, took him down. So he's developed some sort of uh, counter for the Destino. Yeah, counter to the des- Destino, and they they sold it like it was one of the most devastating moves. Naito laid on the mat. They actually had to like revive him. Uh, they really, really put this over. Right. So that's going to be the story going into their match. Well, they cut, uh, they cut promos after that because he did it again later in the tour and did the same thing. And Naito came out and he, he basically Naito said, you know, usually in the lead up to big uh, Tokyo Dome matches, the challenger is the one who will debut some sort of special technique or special move to overcome the champion. But in this case, it was the champion who had to come up with a special technique to prove to the challenger that he can beat him at, you know what I mean? Right. And so Naito's like, why is it that you feel like you're the challenger when you're coming up against me? And he's like, the problem here, Okada, you tipped your hat too soon. Now I know what you're going to do. He's like, and he's like, get ready because I've got something ready for you at the Tokyo Dome. So if, you know, guys, if you, if you're not watching the tour, that's fine. You tune in. You'll probably see a great match. But there's this story building that's going on. Right. People, people always complain that there's, there's no story in New Japan. Well, if you don't watch the Road 2 shows, if you don't watch the promos, then you miss the story. The big story in this match here, Okada has found the counter to the Destino with the Cobra Clutch. And he's going to be trying to lock on that clutch. But now, you know, Naito's teasing that he either has a counter for the Rainmaker or a new counter for the new Cobra Clutch. Yeah. So it's pretty, yeah. So pretty much it's going to be one upping each other with the Destino Rainmaker and the Cobra Clutch and whatever Naito has up his sleeve. Well, on this night at the end of the match, Okada caught Naito in the Cobra again, put him to sleep, and then Takahashi tried to break it up, and he put Takahashi to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so right now it seems like Okada has the upper hand when it comes to the performance, but throughout the tour. I will say from what we've seen and what the reports, Naito was the more over guy the entire tour. Oh yeah, definitely. Naito and Night after whole, night. And the whole LIJ faction, they're on fire right now. Yeah. Alright, so the main event of this show, the World Tag League Finals. Well, before we talk about the finals, let's kinda talk about like just the build to this. Because, okay. you know, going into the we went into the A block finals, right? I mean, who did who did you think was gonna win the A block? The A block, the, uh, that's the block. Evil Sonata won the A block, right? Right. Yeah, I thought I was leaning towards them to win the A block. So I don't know if you guys remember, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you go back into your uh, back in time and you listen to our previous episode, uh, I actually predicted that these guys were gonna be the ones who won the A block and win it overall. Go on to the finals. Well, they did win the A block, but when I was watching the tournament, I actually didn't think that was the case. 
that was just me talking at, like out of the side of my mouth like on a whim um, but going into the A block finals basically it came down to them and uh, the chaos team of uh, freaking Goto and Yoshihashi and so on on night A whoever won that match was going to win this and that that actually was to me that was like the second best match of the tournament yeah that 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 A block final Goto, match Goto and Yoshihashi worked really hard in that match Oh my god. So, okay, so now that we're talking about teams here, uh, I was I could not be less impressed with Evil and Sonata during this tournament. They kind of mail it in. This they only turned it up for the for the first night and then the last night. And yeah. not even the last night, just the A block final. Yeah, the A block final and then this final match also. Bro, me and Rich were talking about Sonata and I was like, why is Sonata like one of the best wrestlers who I don't care about? Like this is a guy who he can do every move and he's incredible, like athletically gifted, but he has no swag, no expression on his face. He literally looks like he does not even want to be there. Like he has no passion for wrestling. He's just like he looks dead inside. Like I think that's why his nickname is like uh Cold Skull. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, I was even when they won like on the final night, he just like had this blank expression on his face, and I don't think it's good character work. I just like think it's like, dude, this guy needs to do something because there's no reason he shouldn't be one of the top stars in New Japan. Yeah, and he he's playing second fiddle to Evil in this tag team. Evil's the more over guy right now. Right. Yeah. How? <laughs> how is how is Seiya Sonata not the, not the not number two in freaking Lij? I don't understand it. He's got to do something. And then uh, on the B block side, uh, the Gorillas a Dest. Well, we had an interesting uh, situation in the B block finals. You had Gorillas of Destiny, Kes, and War Machine all ended up with ten points, but Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, were the ones that got the uh, end up in the finals because they beat KES. No, and- they ended up with uh, everyone else came in with eight points the final night, mm-hmm. and God came in with ten points the final night. Mm-hmm. Everyone else won. All the guys that had the eight points came in and ended up basically winning on the final night and right. getting ten points. Right. So they all ended at ten. And if God had lost, there would have been a three-way tie, right. and then we would have had to have a tiebreaker. But because they won their final match, they ended up with 12 points. Oh, I thought they advanced because they beat no. um, KES and uh, War Machine. No, they were ahead of... So when it, when they came in the final night, Best Friends, KES, War Machine, Super Strong Team, and Chaos all could have possibly won. But the only one who had t- uh, 10 points... They, all of them had 8 points. G.O.D. had 10 points. Okay. And then on the final night... Uh, who did G.O.D. wrestle the final night? Uh, was it K.E.S.? It might have been Chaos. Here, I can, uh, I can look. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally blank. All these matches are running together. Dude, we watch a lot of wrestling. We watch a lot of wrestling. Um... Yeah, I'm totally blanking on who they wrestle. Who and they? We should probably know because it was the B Block final, <laughs> right? But still, it's still it's, all the matches are just blended in my head right now. Well, they yeah, when they ended up um, like winning the final match, that put them over because if they had lost, we would have had a three way tie. Essentially, right. they ended up with more points than the other two teams. They ended up wrestling yeah Ishii and Toru Yano in the finals. And so because they beat them, they ended up with more points than the other teams. Gotcha. Okay. 
I got that mixed up, but yeah, Gorillas of Destiny, they made it to the finals uh, <clears throat> second year in a row. That is the second year in a row that they won. So yeah, second year in a row, they made it to the finals, but they did not win again second year in a row because last year they lost to Hanma and Makabe. So Evil and Sonata got the big win here. Evil and Sonata are your 2017 World Tag League champions. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right, Jeremy. I'm wrong. They did end up with 10 points. So they came in with 8 points just like everybody else. <laughs> I messed that up. If they had lost to Chaos, there would have been a three-way tie between Chaos, KES, and freaking War Machine. But because they beat Chaos in the finals, they won the tiebreaker because they beat the other two They teams. beat Chaos and War Machine. You're right. My bad. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I make mistakes sometimes, but yeah, they uh, they ended up winning the freaking B block, which was the best block of the. I will say this: Gorillas of Destiny did not have a single standout match to me the entire tournament. No, not at all. But I was consistently entertained by Tamatonga. The they were tournament. they were entertaining, but uh, their work rate wasn't Super near no. War Machine or Best Friends. Or even Killer Elite Squad, or even Chaos, or I didn't think they were towards the top of the yeah. uh, B block at all. So, Evil and Sonata, they're the World Tag League 2017 champions. After this match, KES came out, and Evil issued the challenge for the Dome. Oh, wait. Let's talk about how crappy that match was. What, the uh, final match? Evil yeah, the final sucked. I didn't think okay, this is just my opinion. A, I did I wasn't excited about this matchup because it was two of the most underperforming teams of the tournament. Booking wise it made sense, but it actually was to me it wasn't a good match. I was not entertained by and then I thought the last five minutes were enough uh like why did why did I sit there and watch that many hours of wrestling to get a smoke and mirrors final? Yeah. Like that that's Sucked. Oh, I was so disappointed because I was they, they were cutting promos about how this is gonna be the greatest finals ever and this is this I didn't even think it was a three star match. Yeah, no. I would say like two and a half. Yeah, it was like a two and a half star match and they were going through tables and doing powder spots <laughs> and crap. Like they were trying to they were trying really hard to get it to a high level, but they couldn't. It just couldn't get there. They couldn't get there. So I was really disappointed. Even though I will say that this final show, just because of the variety and the stuff that happened is probably the best quote-unquote show of the tournament. Right. Because most of the tournament shows that we saw weren't, like, real shows. Right. But, uh, yeah, this was a... I was disappointed by the finals, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and then, uh, like I was saying, afterwards, KES came out and Evil issued the challenge, so they made it official at the press conference. Jerry, who got this right? Young boy Josh Schmidt predicted this. Uh, Evil and Sonata will be taking on... KES at the Dome for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team title. That I did not get right. I am blown away that this is not going to be a multi-man match. Are they really, Do you think they're really going to do a tag match? I mean, it's looking like it because the Road to Tokyo shows are coming up. They are uh, December uh, 17th and 18th. And one of the, I believe it's the first night, the 17th, there is a six-man never open weight title match um, Who predicted that? You did. Bushi, Evil, and Sonata will be defending their six-man titles against um, the Gorillas of Destiny and Bad Luck Fale. That's going to be the end of the longest reign for the six-man tag So titles. LIJ is probably going to drop the belts to uh, the Tongan Club. Bro, I listened to our last episode because I wanted to remember what we talked about. 
and I was kind of talking out of the side of my mouth, but I predicted this exact scenario. I said, hey, they're going to put over LIJs as, as a tag team because they're New Japan guys. They're going to have them win the tournament. And then you were like, well, what about the six-man tags? I was like, they're going to drop them at the road two shows. And that's exactly so what's, what's happening. Gonna, that's what's going to happen. Nostradamus, Ichiban. <laughs> yeah, um, boy. So I think it's going to be a straight-up tag match, and then... I can't... I mean, War Machine's not going to be in that match. G.O.D.'s not going to be in that well, match. That's crazy. Well, G.O.D., they're they're going to win the six-man titles. So what? So they're going to defend the six-man titles against... Well, what's War Machine doing? Maybe they're defending against War Machine. They're going to have in the Rumble, bro. Maybe No, they'll defend against War Machine and a partner of their choosing, probably. What's Mike Logan going to do? Maybe there you go, War Machine and Elgin against. What's she gonna do? That's a whole different show, dude. Yeah, oh my God. yeah, we're. Yeah. But the bottom line here is, I predicted this outcome correctly. Jeremy thought KES was taking the whole thing. I do, yeah, I did. I thought KES. I thought they almost did because I was expecting a multi-man match, so you had the champions win, and then. But now you have a scenario where they KES lost to God, and they lost to, to War, War Machine. Machine. And they're not facing either of them in the Tokyo Dome. So when is that supposed to happen? So that's another interesting storyline that that's you know could play out later on as right. we kind of continue on to the, the next year. All right. We're going to wind things down now. We just want to um, drop some quick uh, news headlines here. Well, well we got to cover Tanahashi got injured. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, the ace Tanahashi, he got a knee injury. And he was uh, removed from the ending of this World Tag League Tour. Um, he's not going to be on the road to Tokyo shows. He's not going to be back until the actual uh, Wrestle Kingdom event in Tokyo Dome. Have they said that official, that that's happening? Yes, I looked at the... Uh, if you look at the road to Tokyo cards, there is like a mystery opponent for the... Oh, yeah, the horse guy. Yeah. What is it? Masked horse. Horse mask. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Who is that? That's their version of vacant, I guess. I don't even know what that uh, is. Um, so yeah, Tanahashi, he was supposed to be competing at the Road to Tokyo shows, but they're they pulled him off, so somebody will be replacing him in those matches. Um, I so I guess they're gonna. They said he's got arthritis in his knee and like fluid, and they're gonna drain his knee, and then he's gonna work. I'm like. Dude, this guy's got a torn bicep. He's got back and neck issues. Now his knee's messed up. Uh, dude, part of me is like, bro, Ace, go home. Get get well. Come back. It's okay. But he's going to work the Tokyo Dome show with all these yeah. injuries. Which makes me th- that's a better position for Jay White. Dude, I did, not want, I did not want them to put Jay White over Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. They might have. They might not have a choice. He lost two years in a row. He might not have a choice, bro. You cannot have the ace lose two years in a row bro. at the Tokyo Dome. And you can't have an ace with a busted knee and a torn bicep trying to <sighs> have five star matches every night. They should have had Ishii in this match. Ishii should have gone over Tanahashi. Ishii needs to win the U.S. belt, then go win the IC belt. Or win the IC belt, win the US belt, then go get the world belt, get all the belts, <laughs> and be the, and unify him, triple crown champion, be the undisputed, yeah, bro, champion, and then he beats everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what are, what are the stories we got here? Okay, so um, with that being said, though, so we're done with the Tanahashi. You think he's gonna be okay, or like, are you worried about him? I'm not worried. He'll he'll be at Wrestle Kingdom. 
after Wrestle Kingdom, he seriously needs to evaluate his health and. Well, he could he could win the belt and take some time off, and I think that could happen too. Yeah. Either way they go, he needs to take time off after Wrestle Kingdom, and then the New Japan booking crew they need to reevaluate what they want to do with Tanahashi. Okay, so there's a couple news, uh, just like quick news we're gonna hit up here. So. Um, the Jericho shirt that we talked about, that's the Alpha Club shirt. That's actually, there was a recent announcement. They're going to drop it in Hot Topic. Nice. So that's cool. Um, there was a recent tweet, uh, Twitter beef between Jon Snowden. He's the the head writer for uh, Bleacher Report. He had a Twitter beef with Cody Rhodes saying that the reports about the Young Bucks and the Elite and the Bullet Club merchandise sales for the shirts were uh, not true. And saying that if they were true, that they would uh, come out publicly and report some earnings and report some numbers. And so Cody and him are going back and forth. Well, Wrestling Tees is is it Pro Wrestling Tees? Pro Wrestling Tees, yeah. Pro Wrestling Tees dot com. They uh, on their official Twitter, they came out and released the official numbers. In four months, they sold four hundred and seventeen thousand four hundred thirty Bullet Club shirts. In four months, this does not include the Hot Topic sales. This is no. Well, well, Pro Wrestling Tees, they provide the shirts to Hot Topic. They said it doesn't include. Oh, so it it's, doesn't. It's just from their their website. It's, uh, just, it's just from ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, Literally, that's what they said. Or I could be wrong, but that's what I read. Anyways, okay. but so, yeah, we talked about last week or the first episode that they're already their number one T-shirt, Hot Topic. Right, and that's what Cody was saying. And then John Snowden was still coming out and you know talking mess. And I guess he's not a fan of theirs. And Cody was like, "Hey, listen, like I don't understand why you're you're in this business and you're a contemporary. Why are you rooting against us?" Which you know, right? But um, that's pretty cool. Um, also, if you are in Europe, shoprevpro.com just became the Second New Japan European store, you can now officially get uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, apparel and you know gear and clothes from their store, which is pretty cool. That's because they you know partner with Rev Pro and Ring of Honor, CMLL, and all that. Um, there's been several different like podcasts. I don't know. You probably caught some of these, Jeremy. I don't know. I yeah, I did. Um, Young Bucks on the Art of Wrestling, Cocobana show. I caught that. That was a fun little show. You listen to that? Yeah, I did. I just saw some of the transcripts. They were talking about how like when they did the uh, the Raw invasion that they planned that for like months. They were saying right. That was the whole build up. The whole being the elite build up storyline with the Stooge. That was a fun listen. He had um, Jericho was on Killing the Town and Wrestling Observer Radio hyping up the match with Omega. The, Highly recommend you listen to the Wrestling Observer. The highlight of that was when he was talking to them about uh, his dealings and interactions with Vince McMahon. Yeah. And how he told him after the fact. There's a lot of speculation about how that played out. Yeah. And so the, both of those were really – plus Killing the Town was an angle with him and Don Callis. So there was some kayfabe in there. So that was really good. Um, the Wonderland series. Yeah, talk, tell us about the Wonderland series. So, New Japan has a new series on NewJapanWorld.com where they're doing one-hour interviews. They just did one uh, last month with Tanahashi. It's up on uh, NewJapanWorld.com. It's also on their uh, English YouTube site. I listened to it today. It was really, really good. They've got one with Okada coming out on the 15th. So that's this month. So that's like in the next day or so that's dropping as well. Um, the one with Tanahashi covered wide-ranging subjects like how he does his hair, uh, <laughs> his favorite his favorite matches, match recommendations, his feud with Ibushi, where he sees the future. One of the big things – and he said this several times. He said, guys – now, this was before – this interview was before his injury. But he said that his goal this year is to 
raise the prestige of the white belt so greatly that he has to hold on to it and challenge the black belt. That's his goal for 2018. Wow. The ace, yeah. Wow. Uh, if you have an hour, you'll want to check that out. So, well, he needs to get his health together <laughs> if he wants to do that. Um, Jeff Cobb, who we already talked about, he just they just posted a new interview with him on New Japan World. And he talked about the tag league. He talked about his future uh, like aspirations for New Japan, which I think is interesting because there's a lot of speculation. We want to see this guy continue here. New Japan's putting up a, a interview with him. The last time they put up an interview, it was with Evil and Sonata, who won the tag league. Right. What are the chances that maybe Cobb is coming back? I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I want to be surprised to see. Maybe we see Cobb in New Year's Dash. Yeah. Or maybe we even see him in the, the Rumble. Potentially. Um, there was an interview uh, in ESPN UK with Will Ospreay, which was really cool. He talked about like his uh, aspirations with New Japan, uh, just his background. It's a really good interview, really insightful. But he talked about uh, whether or not he would ever go to WWE and what he thought about wrestlers who didn't wrestle for passion and about selling out. And uh, it's a really good read if you get a chance. The big story, though, coming out of all these interviews and podcasts was – um, I just read today Mark Cuban, who is the owner of Access TV. They did an interview with him concerning New Japan Pro Wrestling on Access TV. And uh, we haven't really gotten into this yet, but the fact that they're go- going to be airing um, Wrestle Kingdom on a two day delay uh, for free on Access TV. Right, three hours. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, three hour special. They're going to they're gonna show the top three matches. And they talked to him about that. And he was saying how he's working closely with, uh, you know, Gato and Kadani and all these different guys that, and to expand it into America. And that he has a stake apparently in, you know, with his TV channel and his partnership with them uh, for them to succeed here in America. And he was saying that basically he had to pay for the rights to be able to bring the this special. He's like last he's like last year when we aired it, we had to air it on a long delay. He's like then we had live shows and he was like going forward, his goal is to take it from being a canned show to be doing more live shows right onto Access TV. And then he said that for this to for him to get this on like two day delay, he said he said it was very, very this is Mark Cuban guys. He's a billionaire. And he said it, it was extremely expensive. Which that's very interesting to find out because, you know, we were questioning, you know, why wouldn't they go with pay-per-view? They could probably make a lot of money. Well, here's the money right here. They got a nice big fat check from Mark Cuban. Well, Mark Cuban wanted to – he said that to capitalize on the heat of the show, he want, he didn't want to wait a week or, you know, a month to do this. He was like, it has to be now. Right. So that's why he did that. So um, that's on sportsillustrated.com. That's Mark Cuban. I mean, guys from Shark Tank, you know, he he owned the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, if, yeah. if you know Mark Cuban, he's a G. So. And if you guys, if you don't want to sign up for New Japan World, um, you can look for Access TV. They'll be showing Wrestle Kingdom, the top three matches, uh, three hours. They're actually going to be having a whole New Japan marathon that day. 11 Should, hours. Yeah, 11 hours, the best matches of the year. And then at 8 p.m., they're going to show uh, the top three matches from Wrestle Kingdom. So check that out. I mean, I would recommend you sign up for New Japan World and watch the full show. But if you're still new and you want to test this out and you have access, check that out also. They, uh, um, New Japan just uploaded uh, the free match of the week. It was um, El Samurai and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Wild Pegasus. His name is Wild Pegasus. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Don't need to know who the guy is. Uh, wrestling against Dr. Wagner Jr., Chris 
Lionheart Jericho and Koji Kanemoto. Um, that is on the. That's also on the uh, on the YouTube page, so you can catch that for free. Um, I think they uploaded it because obviously Chris Jericho is coming in. Um, also, they just uploaded to New Japan World um, Okada versus Slex. I don't know who Slex is. Apparently, he's like the top guy in Australia. Um, but I read the reviews on this, and they were saying it was a great, like, I heard, really, really highly ranked match. Yeah, I heard Meltzer talking about um, this match and that you should go out of your way to watch it. I'm so, going to check it out. So I will definitely check that out. That, that was from Melbourne City Wrestling, uh, the November Rain uh, event that happened last month. So that's pretty cool that they just uploaded that. So now we can you know, get to see how good it was. Um, also, two returns. Uh, Minoru Suzuki has been announced for Rev Pro High Stakes on January 20th. So he's going back to the UK. I also saw that uh, LIJ is going to be on that card as well, but they haven't released the full card. Also, one of the original Musketeers, the Great Muda, is coming stateside for the first time in years. He's going to be wrestling at a indie show in California at PCW Ultra on January nineteenth. So, I mean, he you know he's not in New Japan anymore, but he's one of the cornerstones and one of the biggest stars in all Pro Rezu. So, if you're out in California, you want to see the Great Muda live and in person. There's your, your chance. chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, some other stories that are going on right oh and then you know this friday um by the time that this show airs it will have already aired but uh, they're gonna be running uh reruns of it too access is going to be covering power struggle part two so they're they're going to be showing tanahashi and kota abushi which was like which was a very great match so yeah guys really check this access out um it's just showing all the best matches. So if you're still new to New Japan, this is a great way to see the top matches and learn about the top guys. Okay, so we just have the last couple hot takes here. Um, Jim Ross just extended his uh, his uh, contract with Access, and actually Mark Cuban talked about that in the interview too. He said he's a, he said that he's not a diehard fan of wrestling, but he just likes Jim Ross. And that's very interesting because JR is still under WWE contract as well. This is going to uh, – the, the contract he's working on now allows him to continue to do boxing, MMA, and work for other companies as well. Right. So uh, they did a verbal conf- uh, a verbal agreement to extend his contract, and they're working out the final details to do a formal uh, – like full contract extension so it looks like jim ross there was speculations if he was leaving or not but uh i don't know he mark cuban's keeping him around yeah um also the tokyo sports sports awards just came out 2017 jeremy tell me what you thought about that yeah that was very cool um they had um the few or the match of the year was omega versus okada from wrestle kingdom really that match that's crazy. <laughs> then uh, they had a uh, Shibata got the Fighting Spirit Award. Yeah, um, and the MVP of the year was Naito. Naito, yeah. So I mean, Tokyo Sports. If you guys aren't familiar, it's the biggest publication for wrestling in Japan, and their awards are like seen as essentially like the end all be all awards for wrestling in Japan. So that was kind of a big deal. Um, the fa- Naito, this is the second year in a row Naito's won MVP, and he won it over Tanahashi, Okada, Omega. Uh, in the eyes of the Japanese fans, Naito's the man. He's the top guy over there. So, I mean, that just kind of solidifies it again for them. Um, and um, 
the All In Show. Yeah, the All the All In Show. We're waiting any day now for an announcement of where this ten thousand seat show is going to happen. Yeah, they said two weeks. This was two weeks ago. They said we're within two weeks. We're going to announce where the show is. Well, it's been two weeks. Yeah, so we be, haven't heard anything. Be on the lookout for that. But the major speculations is the top two spots that are being discussed are Chicago and Los Angeles. Yes. Um, they were the, – the Bullet Club was in Dublin the other week and they actually teased that maybe they could even do it in Dublin, which I think would defeat the purpose of drawing 10,000 fans in America because you can't draw 10,000 fans in America if you're in Dublin, Ireland. Right. But, uh, you know, be on the lookout because that's – we're going to keep tracking that. Um, and then Don Callis was just signed to – As a co-executive vice president for Impact Wrestling alongside – uh, Scott Demore, yeah. So, and then what's interesting about this? Did you see the the uh, which podcast was it that mm. they were on? I saw it. Um, they were on Talk Is Jericho. That's right. And they were talking about um, their vision for Impact Wrestling. And one of the questions um, that Jericho asked Don was about his future as a color commentary in New Japan. And Don Kyle said that he is going to be remaining as the color commentary as New Japan. Yeah, they want him to stay. Ghetto really wanted him to stay. And so they worked it out. Um, he's going to be able to do his Impact stuff and his New Japan stuff. They're trying to open up the doors to do business with Impact. That would be insane because if you have Impact over here. Uh, uh, now, some of the, the contracts that they're allowing their guys to work under that are uh, less restrictive than almost any other major North American company I've seen. They're going to allow all their wrestlers to work under their own gimmick outside of the company. If the wrestler comes in with their own gimmick and own name, they can keep it. If they create a gimmick for that wrestler they, and they leave, they can keep working under that gimmick in any other company. As long as they get it cleared with Anthem and Impact, they can work anywhere in the world. And they, they're encouraging them to do so. And they, they can work on TV for other companies. So, you know, that's – most companies don't allow that in now, nowadays. If you work for one company, you're at, you can work the indies, but you can't work on TV for a different company or anything of that nature. Anthem and Impact are allowing these guys. So it's starting to create almost like a global like territory system where these guys are going to be allowed to free range and travel. We already have the, the uh, partnership between – New Japan Ring of Honor. Yeah, and CMLL and RevPro. Those, all four of those companies are working together. If Impact kind of joins that, that really opens Dude. up a lot of opportunity yeah. for a lot of workers and a lot of uh, business that's out there. So, Dude, this could be the thing that finally gets Impact back to its glory days. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, I'm saying, dude, they're, they're like, I don't even know how they're still existing, but this could be God. something that, catal yeah, <laughs> this could be something that it's a catalyst to get them back on some kind of positive, people actually happy about Impact. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a big proponent of guys being able to go multiple places to work. Same here. So that's good news. And I think, you know, I don't know how Don Callis is as a businessman and all that, but the fact that this could create a liaison. Uh, hey, I'm a, I'm a selfish fan, guys. If I'm going to uh, freaking, you know, like a uh, WrestleMania next year and all these companies are going to be there and I get to see them all work together, then, hey, it's win-win That's for me. That's, best, that's better for us. We get a better super show. Um, um, we, we had one question from, uh, from our brother's show, Ricky and Clive, but we're kind of running a little bit over time right now. So, guys, we will get 
to your question next week. Thank you for sending it in. And anybody else, if you have questions, send them in to us. Uh, you can tweet me at Jeremy L. Donovan. Tweet the show at KI Strong Style. Find us in the Facebook group, The Wrestling Squared Circle. Uh, you can ask us questions or suggestions and we'll get them on the show. We just had so much news and we had to cover we the... We took a two-week break and there's been a lot that has happened, as you can see. We want to keep you guys up to date. We When we started this podcast, we didn't think... We are like, it's New Japan. How much is there going to be covered? But yeah, we, every day there's We stuff recorded the first uh, couple episodes back-to-back. So that's why we had kind of a little delay in the, the news there. But I think we're all caught up for the most part now. I mean, going forward, that we didn't go over it yet, but like the road to Tokyo Dome is coming up. We're going to go over that. We're going to yeah. go over the Young Lions Cup that's coming up. We've got the road to Tokyo Dome. Or we already covered that. Uh, obviously, uh, Wrestle, Kingdom Wrestle Kingdom 12. Is coming. The New Year's Dash is coming. And then we'll get a small breather before Fantastic Mania. Yeah. And then we also, as we mentioned earlier, at the top of the show, we have our year-end awards show, January year-end 16th. Awards. Go out and vote on that, guys. So that'll be fun to look back on, uh, revisit a great year hey, of New Japan. You know, they... In, over in Tokyo, them boys, they think Naito's the wrestler of the year. You guys tell me who you think is the wrestler. You think well, it's Naito? Well, I can tell you right now that Okada is running away with the first place votes. Is he? For a wrestler of the year. Really? Really, yeah. Man, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, hey, that's... You guys need to vote. The, the poll closes December 31st, so if you want Naito to win this thing, you guys got to get out and vote for Naito. I mean, Ishii, he, Ishii's a candidate, too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Daryl Takahashi is oh. getting a lot of second and third place votes for the Fighting Spirit Award. I know we're running late, but we have to cover this. This is the biggest news of the entire show. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the entire tour... <laughs> During during the uh, during the tag league tournament, every single promo, uh, Takahashi kept saying, "15 days to my happy day, 13 days to my happy day." And I was like, "What is his happy day?" What is, he's like, "I have a big surprise." Well, it turns out that Daryl Takahashi, after his injury, went off and he met the love of his life, Carol. <laughs> he married Carol Takahashi, and earlier this month. They gave birth to their first to their first child, their baby boy, Daryl Takahashi oh Jr. Oh my gosh! So that would make Hiromu Takahashi the most active grandfather, grandfather. in all of pro wrestling, right? And uh, Daryl Takahashi is getting a lot of second and third place votes. Don't encourage people to go vote for Daryl Takahashi. I'm not encouraging. I'm just. It's the Fighting Spirit Award. I'm just saying what the votes are. There's a lot of people voting for Daryl Takahashi. Yo, if that wins, I'm gonna blame. Rich. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Keeping It Strong Style. Make sure you subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play. You'll never miss an episode. Napster, <laughs> uh, LimeWire. <laughs> yeah, you can find us there. And uh, you can catch our other shows, One Nation Radio, SMC Wrestling Podcast, the Ricky and Clive Clive Wrestling Show. A lot of great shows on our network. Make sure you subscribe. Give us that Dave Meltzer five-star rating and review. There's a lot of you that are listening to the show. Please go subscribe and, and please review. go review the, the show. The review helps us um, get our show seen to more people. If you dig this at all, the more you review it, all it does is help us a lot, which we appreciate. And we love you and we'll shout you out. 
We'll put you over big brother. That's right. We'll get you over huge. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! This is going to be a match that you have never seen in New Japan. This is not about five stars, seven stars. Not about how many times you can go for your finishing move. This is a fight. It's a war. It's Alpha versus Omega. And Kenny, you are going to get the shit kicked out of you. You understand me? Huh? You get it? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.